0: Welcome to The Faith Retriever, fetching the good news for your family. A show that deepens our relationship with Jesus Christ by connecting listeners with the local church. Now here's Deacon Eric Page.
1: Hello, this is Deacon Eric Page and welcome to The Faith Retriever. Have you ever wondered how to respond to fundraising campaigns at church? Or have you ever had to respond to questions from friends or family members on the same subject? Today, we are blessed to visit with two guests from the Archdiocese of Seattle who can help us answer those questions both for ourselves and for others. Erin Larsen is Chief Development Officer, and she also directs the St. Joseph Foundation for the Archdiocese of Seattle. She has an extensive background in development and fundraising for nonprofit organizations. She's a parishioner at St. Anne's and St. Joe's in Seattle, and we're blessed to have her with us. Steve Homiak is Director of Annual Campaigns and Parish Support for the Archdiocese of Seattle. He's the person who leads the annual Catholic Appeal and helps parishes plan effective campaigns to engage parishioners each year. He's a parishioner at Holy Cross in Lake Stevens and St. Michael in Snohomish. And we will also have with us Ron from Sacred Heart Radio, who is a Crozier Society member, to share with us just a little bit about the good work of the Crozier Society. Aaron, Steve, Ron, thanks so much for being with us. Well, Aaron, thanks for coming on The Faith Retriever. And more importantly, on behalf of all of us who benefit from the ministries of the Archdiocese of Seattle, thank you for helping to ensure that we have the resources to fund our ministries, whether they're diocesan or parish. Can you start us out by telling us about what you do for the Archdiocese?
2: Sure. Thanks, Deacon Eric. It's great to be here. Um, I have the privilege to work on the development team at the Archdiocese on such efforts as the St. Joseph Foundation, Crozier Society, plan-giving, and donor-specific initiatives. Got it. That's
1: a lot of work. Sure
2: is. (laughs) (laughs) is. Well,
1: more importantly, can you tell us just a little bit about your why? Why are you committed to this work? Why did you decide to come and serve here?
2: Sure. Sure. I believe in our mission, and I believe in creating the opportunity for the Catholic community to encounter Christ on a deeper level. I believe in providing opportunities for people to give back to something they believe in and witness the impact that generosity can make. For example, we have people who are passionate about um, supporting seminarians, our CYO camps, deacon and lay ecclesial formation, and youth and young adult engagement.
1: That's you know, a lot of critical work that's happening, and it's supported through the various fundraising campaigns of the diocese. And every time we look around our parish, it's important to remember that because, you know, without the support that we provide, the work just wouldn't happen. And so we're really grateful for the hard work that you put in and the many hours that you put in to make that possible. Now, Steve, can you you do a lot of work to help parishes plan and execute fundraising efforts that basically keep the lights on in our parishes and keep things running. Uh, you know, you probably weren't into this. I'm going to introduce this in, with the question that I think sure. you, you've heard. You know we've, we all hear it. Sometimes we have this situation. Our friends and our family, they may not go to church very often, and so they go to Mass. Maybe it's in November, maybe it's in May. They show up at Mass and they say, you know, Steve, I just went to church. And you know what they talked about? They talked about money. Why do they always talk about money? Do you, have you ever heard that? Oh, gosh, let me count the ways, uh,
3: Deacon Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fair question. Um and, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't just limit it to the people that uh, are showing up maybe perhaps uh, a couple times a year. It could be right. our regulars that uh, will come back and say, you know, they're always asking for money. But I guess I would, I would frame it this way, because it's an easy path to go down when you, you just say that, well, you know, the church keeps asking for this money. In effect, you're really asking people to continue the mission that we're on right? right we have a mission and and that's where you would like people to go down that path right. not the path of oh my gosh they're asking for our money again here it is but that we are trying to build up the kingdom in whatever shape or form that is but to continue the mission that was set before us and that's really where I would hope people to start thinking about when they're asked to fund an initiative what does You know how is that continuing the mission that we're all on
1: right i think you know it's so important to remember and i mean of course the entire time that we're at mass we're looking at what we're looking at the crucifix we're looking at you know jesus who made this this extraordinary sacrifice and he continually tells us we have to pick up our cross and then we also hear the mission that we're being sent right Every week.
2: And I would say, you know, as a development team, Steve and I, we have a mission of trying to inform um, parishioners, Catholics in western Washington, um, what what are the opportunities or programs they can support, educating them what's going on in our archdiocese. And having them discern and determine what's most meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. We have Agape program, we have Youth and Young Adult Program, we have CYO camps, we have um, Hispanic Ministry and so much more. So our goal we've been talking about lately is this year to really share that in, in more detail with the community at large.
1: You know, that's one of the things that I think is really valuable about the work of the development office is your Letting people know about all the different ministries that happen. I mean, when we go to Mass, it's a beautiful time, but, you know, there's no billboard showing us everything that the Church does in its ministries, and there's so much that's being done. I mean, I'm still discovering new things that the Church does in its ministries, and by letting us know about those ministries, it creates opportunities for us to support that work, which I I think that's what our life on this earth is ultimately about is supporting one another through stewardship.
3: Yeah. And and ultimately, uh, Dick and Eric, you're what you're asking, you're inviting people to really participate in that part of that mission. Yeah. A- and that as, as, uh, Aaron said, uh, something that's more passionate and close to them, close to their heart.
1: Right. So by letting people know about the range of ministries, that's a really important Thing. and of course you know there is that practical need for keeping the lights on and that has to happen in our parish and it has to happen in the diocese and one of the things I think people might not know is that you structure things in the, the way that the outreach happens so that it's as organized as possible because I'm willing to bet that there's more than one need for the church that would come out and that, if we had an opportunity, how many weekends of the year, Steve, do you think could be filled with fundraising requests of some type or another that would come through if we just open the door to every request? If it was, if it's just um,
3: the parish and, of course, the the Church of Western Washington, certainly every other week would be a a. Second collection, a second ask, a second you know request uh, for something. But I think when you um, look at the calendar and you look at all the campaigns, because you have you have the parish needs, mm-hmm. right? which is certainly very important, and we all have our own parish, so we understand that. But then it moves up to a level of, well, there's the regional church, right? Right. The the Western Washington, Archdiocese of Seattle, certainly uh, the needs that they have to continue the church here in Western Washington. But then there's also the national needs with the uh, USCCB, uh, Conference Bishops, and and the Universal Church. So those campaigns that are structured throughout the year that help these different initiatives, so whether that is right? Media, Northwest Catholic, to the home missions here in the United States, to international aid, Catholic Relief Services. Uh, there's plenty of, um, certainly plenty of need and plenty of opportunity to for us to participate in that mission.
1: Right. And so you work strategically to structure things so that we have things presented to us in an orderly and, honestly, very concise manner so yeah. that we can... And that's something I think we can share with our family and friends.
2: In the broadest viewpoint of it all, there's a lot coming at you. We know that. We appreciate you yeah. listening, and um, we're so thankful for your generosity. But the spring is the annual Catholic appeal, and then the fall is the um, stewardship campaign right. of time, talent, and treasure.
1: Yeah. And you know, and I think what you're mentioning there, Aaron, is really important. The appeal is not just for the treasure component of it, but it's time and talent are so important. Our, our parish, St. Andrew, you know, our pastor is really good about reaching out and inviting us to serve in some concrete way in the life of the parish. He wants everyone in the parish to participate. And I think that's really important because it gives us a sense of making that real contribution. And I think it's also worth knowing that when we volunteer, that the money tends to flow as well because we see the good work that's mm-hmm. happening.
3: Yes, and and certainly when you have people volunteer in your parish, um, it really is con- is really helping the parish even financially because right. these are things that they do not have to either contract outside that they that that can be done by a group of people. And I think if you could all the volunteer all the good volunteer work that people have done throughout the course of a year, what does that equate to, right from a from a dollar standpoint uh, on behalf of the church? What they have
1: saved, right? So ultimately, this is. This work is essentially a continuation of that mission, the great commission that Jesus gives us at the end of the Gospel of Matthew to go forth and disciple. One of the things I think is worth noting too is that what you're doing is you're carrying forward that mission of the Archdiocese.
2: Yes, I would agree. Yeah.
1: So that's a helpful structure for folks. If we're answering this question, why Why is the church always asking about money? I think one of the things we can say, perhaps delicately, is, well, it might be that the time that you happen to be coming to church might be that time. But I'm at Mass pretty frequently. And you know what? They only bring this up occasionally. You know, I think that's important to mention. and
2: That's good. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it depends on, I guess, your uh, perception
3: regarding that, uh, Deacon. Right. Because some people will say, oh, my gosh, it's every week uh, that uh, that I've been asked. But I think, you know, the, the thing is, it's not to go down the path of having somebody feel guilty that they can't. Right. You know, it's just that here's an opportunity, and we want to be able to present those opportunities to extend right, the mission and the vision of of the Catholic Church, right, whether it's on a parochial level at your parish
1: or whether it's the universal church, right, all of it is helping build up the kingdom. I think that's a great reminder. And I think it's worth saying something that one of the pastors that we had at All Saints would say frequently is that you can always come to Mass, always, as a guest, if you will, around around the table you're also invited to be a host too to help kind of prepare and make the make it possible to to bring people to the table but one could go through their whole life and not donate and you're still invited and i think that's important to remember because it's a gift that people are with us well this is deacon eric page with the faith retriever and we're speaking with Aaron ost and Steve Homiak from Stewardship and Development of the Archdiocese of Seattle. Thanks so much for being with us and we'll be back in our next segment.
0: You're listening to Faith Retriever with Deacon Eric Page. We'll get back to the conversation right after this short break.
3: A prayer to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, my light, my love, my strength, Be with me now and always, in all my doubts, anxieties, and trials, come Holy Spirit. In my hours of loneliness, weariness, and grief, come Holy Spirit. In failure, in loss, and in disappointment, come Holy Spirit. When others fail me, when I fail myself, come Holy Spirit. When I am ill, unable to work, depressed, Come, Holy Spirit, now and forever and in all things. Come, Holy Spirit.
2: Amen.
0: Faith Retriever is back with Deacon Eric Page and his special guest. Sit, listen.
1: Hello, this is Deacon Eric Page with The Faith Retriever, and we're here today with Aaron Oslarsson and Steve Homiak from the Archdiocese of Seattle in the Stewardship and Development Initiative of the Archdiocese. We're talking about stewardship and how it's so important to the life of the church. In our first segment, we gave an overview of how do you respond to this question of, like, why does the church ask for money? And we spoke a little bit about the different campaigns. Steve, do you want to summarize again what those are? (laughs) Sure. And... You know, there's,
3: if you were looking at it through a, I guess a calendar year, since we're going to be at the start of January here anyway, um, generally you have your, um, you've got a mix of national, um, local, and international collections. Uh, that will happen on behalf of the, for the most part, the USCCB. And that kind of morphs into the spring, and the spring has really been about the annual Catholic Appeal. So the big campaign that we partner with our parishes, um, that pretty much happens from about mid-April to about the end of June, right before the summer kicks in. And then coming back into the fall with a few more um, uh, international mission collections, But then the latter part of the fall has really been um, opened up for the parishes to do their campaign of time, talent, and treasure. Uh, And then, of course, it ends usually, which I think appropriately, with the uh, uh, Catholic campaign uh, CCS, uh, Catholic Community Services, doing their appeal for the poor uh, right there at the um, very beginning of December. So, yeah, those, those will kind of give you a quick overview
1: of of how it flows through the year. And that's helpful to know. And th- it's also helpful to know that outside of what happens within the parish, outside of the support that we provide, there's a lot of other organizations and ways that people can support the Archdiocese of Seattle. And one of those is the Crozier Society. And Aaron, you are helped to organize the Crozier Society. Can you describe what it is and what it does?
2: Sure. Uh, the Crozier Society, it's been around for more than 20 years, um, it's a very a dynamic and committed group of Catholics um, in our archdiocese. They're committed financially, um, and they support seminary information. Um, they also provide personal community support uh, for funding the priorities of Archbishop Aitchen. Um, The members form community with others um, in our archdiocese uh, through shared spiritual and social events, um, such as like yearly pilgrimages um, with archbishop and auxiliary bishops and um, several other events throughout the year.
1: That's really neat. And I I would also point
3: out that one of the fun events is the Archbishop's Golf Tournament that happens every August. So uh, that is a great event. Outing for many people, I've I've worked that uh, golf tournament for for several years. We have seminarians that help with that golf tournament, but uh, always gets rave reviews.
1: And Ron Belter, you. Organize sacred heart radio but you're also a crozier society member
3: uh yes uh, we've been a crozier member since uh about the last 10 years and really it's all about the the vocations and the seminarians and uh, boy they if i can think of anyone that the where your dollar goes uh, that is so important these days and we're very excited to be part of that because of all the great events uh, every once in a while, meet up with the Archbishop and also for the fact that uh, we just get to meet all the seminarians that we pray for.
2: Yeah, it's wonderful um, having the seminarians involved. They volunteer at the golf tournament. Um, the money that uh, we raise through through Culture Society supports their education, so their um, their tuition is covered. Um, it's about $54,000 a year for seminarian education, so um, that's a, definitely a burden that's been lifted. Um there's other great events that we do as well, like a golf. I'm um, sorry, the barbecue and a vespers event and reception, and a couple of new things we're starting this year is we have a monthly prayer service, um, and seminarians will pray for um, for those that are uh, you know listed in the uh, monthly prayer, um, as well as a quarterly speaker series that we're going to be doing. It's going to be on Teams or online, um, pushing that out pretty soon. And lastly, I think this is pretty exciting because I have young adults in my home, um, is offering a membership level for young adults, a, a lower entry point for them to enter um, the 25 to 40 age group. Um, we want to keep our young adults actively engaged. And who knows, that maybe they want to join with their parents as well.
1: That's awesome. I, I love it. So can anybody join the Crozier Society?
2: Yes, anyone can join the Crozier Society Um it's a thousand dollars per person, um, and that you receive those four events a year. Um, like I said, monthly prayer service, um, quarterly speaker offerings, um, and other activities. And then five hundred dollars. is What we are looking at for um, the young adults. And if you are um, if you work for the archdiocese in any way, um, you also receive that discounted price of five hundred dollars. Um, and then we also have the opportunity to sponsor um, priests um, to become. Crozier Society members. Oh,
1: that's amazing. And if someone's interested in exploring that, what's the best way for them to take the Just
2: email step? crozier at seattlearch.org.
1: Crozier at seattlearch.org. And if you have to, you can enter that into your Google machine and yeah. and get that, <laughs> uh, get it called right up. The, our web support's great at the Archdiocese. So it's, thanks so much for mentioning this, that resource because, you know, having been part of and engaged with those events, it's a lovely community. It really is. And it's a group of people that are just so happy to enjoy the church. It makes those events very joyful. You know, another ministry that you're involved in, Aaron, that I think is worth mentioning is the Saint Joseph Foundation. Can you describe the work of that foundation and what it's doing? Because it's doing a lot of amazing work right
2: now. Yeah. So the St. Joseph Foundation was established about two years ago. We received a very generous gift from um, a parishioner and helped us launch the foundation. Um, It sustains ministries and programs that support the spiritual, educational, and ministry needs of Catholics in Western Washington. Um, So it is a a grant-making foundation. We have... Twice a year, we open it up for applications. The next one's coming up on January 2nd. It'll close on March 15th. Then the next round will be in the spring in September. Um, so uh, Catholic organizations can apply to the foundation, and uh, our board will, will review the applications and then um, discern um, the grantees. Um, it's a wonderful thing. We ha- it's just been about two years now, but we're hoping to have more folks um, apply.
1: That's excellent. And that's another resource that you can go to the Archdiocese of Seattle to learn more about how to apply.
2: We're also looking for donors as well. So it is a foundation where you can donate to in support of um, initiatives um, along the lines of spiritual, educational, and ministry needs.
1: Which is a wonderful initiative that you've taken some leadership in, Aaron, and helping to make happen for our diocese, which is reaching out to donors who want to support the work of the church. And often really all they need is to know how they can do it and to know where the opportunities to make those contributions are. And it's helpful for us to know that, yes, this church benefits from the work, the contributions that we make as parishioners. But you're working hard to find other ways to leverage resources and bring in those resources to support the life of the church.
3: And I think one of those resources has been uh, that the St. Joseph's Foundation has done has been also some of the training for uh, the leadership training that has been that been happening. So whether yeah. it's deacon training or lay uh, ecclesial training, uh, all that is very important um, to the life of the church. Amen yeah, to that.
2: You can, you can, uh, yeah, uh, yes, I talk can. about that a little bit, yeah. Deacon yeah, Eric. Yeah, Deacon. A couple,
1: yeah. a, a couple of my new <laughs> responsibilities are due to the uh, the generosity of the St. Joseph Foundation. Where we've got a whole new class of permanent deacons that have been called. We're in fact. Reviewing applications as we speak, and we have a wonderful group of people who are being formed in the Christa Fidelis program for lay ecclesial ministers. These are people who are being trained to serve in the church, supporting the work of our pastors, and it's all been funded by the St. Joseph Foundation. What, And it's an incredible gift. The people that are involved, uh, the applicants for the Deacon Formation program, the people are in the Christa Fidelis program, it, honestly inspiring. They really are, you know deeply committed to the life of the church. And it's been those donations that have made us possible. So thank you to everyone who's helped to support that work. And, you know, one of the things I would mention and before we got started, Steve, you and I were talking about this, about a wonderful quote from Archbishop Sarton about how stewardship is a way of life. Can you share just a little bit about how we'd speak about that and why this kind of makes this work so joyful? Sure. And
3: and I think when you talk about, you know, stewardship, uh, and I— I I think of uh, certainly um uh, our own archbishop archbishop H who did a great uh, video of the spirituality of stewardship for the USCCB and he talked about how the true steward lives a life in complete response to God and he went on to say and I'm paraphrasing but he went on to say uh that the starting point of stewardship is recognizing that everything we have, everything we are, is by God's grace, by God's initiative. And I would uh, piggyback on with that with with a quote from Archbishop Sarton, I should say Archbishop Emeritus Sarton, and he talked about stewardship as a way of life. And he had this great quote when he said, you know, there's a spiritual concept at the very heart of our faith and that stewardship is a way of life. And I used to always think, Yes, what does that exactly mean? And in the next sentence, uh, Archbishop Sarton defined that, and he says, this means that we recognize, and again, it's important that both archbishops use the word recognize, Uh that we recognize by faith that everything we have and everything we are is a gift from God. And I think that's the heart. It really is the heart of the stewardship message that all that we have, your family, your car, your job, et cetera, right, is all been gifted, is yeah. all a gift, and that we have, all of us, or many of us, have been blessed uh, beyond all means. So th- that, that uh, is th- that basic message of stewardship. And, and from that message, what you hope is that when, if people really understand that, then the response is done out of gratitude
2: right yeah, and, and speaking of gratitude um i want to make sure that we are, we do share with everyone how thankful we are um for the gifts of time town and treasure to the archdiocese um for us it's a year this year we're looking ahead is a year of thanking. so um we just can't uh, thank you enough for your generosity
1: you know, it is a beautiful thing to see. I mean, I remember when I started working for the church and got a chance to see all the different things that happened when I was work, working in a parish, it's all made possible by the generosity in support of parishioners who who love the church. And it's inspiring to see, honestly. Amen. And
3: that's true, I see that over and over again that people that are really doing this really for their church, for that for The 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 mission and
1: help others encounter Jesus Christ. It it really isn't that kind of the core message of the faith that you know that everything that we receive in life is grace, and then God calls us to take on this role of then taking these gifts, whether they're talents and capabilities that we have as a person, to help build up you know the world in general and also His church. And I want to say thank you to you, Aaron, and to Steve as well in the work that you do because. You put in a lot of hours i know that much but it's for such a beautiful cause and you really have done just great work and it's been so generous of you to be with us here today it's our pleasure our pleasure thank you excellent well thanks so much for listening to the faith retriever we will be back to see you next week
0: join faith retriever each week for conversations about the faith and tips to engage family in the truth beauty and goodness of god's word Find Faith Retriever here on Sacred Heart Radio. Search sacredheartradio.org for programs and podcasts or listen on your favorite podcast platform.